It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Episode 143 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques. Back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk, as always. All right. I'm doing it. This week, we're finally diving deep into the draft for the first time. Sweet 16 games are on tonight and Friday when the podcast goes out. Of course, as always, we're recording on the Thursday for the Friday, I'm rearranging some notes here. I've got some lists and some mock drafts put together. We're doing it. First time this season that we're going big in the draft conversation. Knicks at the moment are looking like they're going to be picking 10th. We'll dive into what the Knicks should do. Players to look out for. Who could fall to the Knicks. Who the Knicks could potentially trade up for. Things of that nature we'll also talk about the knicks fleeting playoff hopes as they lost to the hawks uh at the garden the other night despite beating charlotte in the next game the knicks playoff hopes are again not mathematically over but they might as well be knicks needed to win that game against the hawks and the hornets game if they really wanted a shot at it they only get one out of two, and at this stage of the season, based on where the Knicks currently sit in the standings, couldn't afford to lose really any any games at this point, really. You can't afford to drop any games. Despite that, the Hawks lost <laughs> the game after the game against the Knicks. They didn't get up for their next game, and uh, the Knicks are still only five back, and they've gotten ahead of the Wizards. They did beat the Wizards as well earlier this week, so... They're five back of the Wizards, six, sorry, five back of the Hawks, six back of the Hornets, but it's not happening. Knicks are going to run out of time here almost uh, without a doubt, and this season is going to end in no play-in, no playoffs, no nothing for the New York Knicks. So we will discuss a little bit of off-season things as well along with the draft, and we'll see how things are looking for those LA Lakers out in the West. But we're starting with the draft because we have to, because you've been begging for it over the last month since the Knicks went through that February sputter. And uh, I mean, honestly, more than even talking about the, um, you know, more than even talking about the current status of the Knicks, everyone wants to talk draft. Everyone wants to talk off season. I get it. I get it. I mean, I was talking to a few people the other day and there was the the topic of 
is or I should say are NBA fans more concerned with the offseason than they are with the regular season, which I mean, it's hard to argue that at this point, I should say argue against it at this point. And just from my experience doing this show, I mean, we're going into, I mean, I'm losing, I'm losing track year. I guess this will be in July. I guess that'll, we'll be going into year four of this podcast and or it's either year three or year four. I can't, I can't remember, but, uh, nonetheless, I mean, it, it has been a thing where everybody just loves talking about the off season. So on July 1st of 2022, we'll be going into year four of this podcast. It's pretty remarkable. Um, I want to say, uh, this right off the top. So many things can be subject to change about what I'm going to say with this draft, uh, with the mock drafts, and with placement in the draft. So a lot of things could potentially change between what I say now and what I say, you know, a week from now, a month from now, you know, you get the picture. A lot can change in the next few months. The draft, by the way, the draft's not till June 23rd. We've got, we've got, we've got a few months here. You know, the season's not even over yet. The Knicks have not even been confirmed to be out of the playoffs. It will happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So there's a lot that could still happen between now and then. And heck, even the NCAA tournament, we're not even at the final four yet. Again, Sweet 16 games will be going on tonight on the on the night of the recording and on the Friday. By the end of this weekend, we'll know who the final four is. But for right now, we have no clue. So, and a lot's been happening uh, in March Madness. I was t- talking about the craziness of the games. Of course, my alma mater, Seton Hall, getting blown out by TCU. And then we moved on from our coach, Kevin Willard, hopefully Knock on wood, Shaheen Holloway is coming down the pike, but we'll have to see. And uh, there's a lot of storylines with March Madness, and a lot of the players we'll be talking about in this draft conversation, you will be able to watch over the next few nights in the NCAA tournament. So if you're getting a little sick of the NBA and you need a breather, watch some college hoops. Seriously, it's easy to do it. You could find a TV, go to a bar. You know, go to your local chicken wing place. You know, someone's got it. Someone's got it on and you'll be able to watch. So I highly recommend uh, that you all go out and do that. A lot of good games on over the next couple of game, a uh, couple of nights, including um, the Jersey City Boys, St. Peter's going up against Purdue in the Sweet 16. Cinderella is still alive. So we'll see how Shaw and the Peacocks get on against uh, Mr. Jaden Ivey and the Purdue Boilermakers. And we will be touching on Jaden Ivey in just a few moments. So I I will say this right off the bat. I I was looking at mock drafts a lot over the last few days and goodness me, there are a lot, a lot of variation as it tends to be i mean we unless it's a month out or a few weeks out it's very rare even even then sometimes it's very rare that people will agree 
on the first pick this early in the process. Uh, some people have Jabari Smith uh, from Auburn. He's a freshman, probably going to be a one and done for Bruce Pearl uh, going number one in the draft. Uh, and again, number one is uh, last time I checked uh, currently occupied, I believe. Well, actually, now I'm looking at multiple mock drafts that say multiple teams have different uh, locations on this number one pick. I thought it was Orlando. Uh, a few other people have Houston as the number one pick in the draft regardless uh, Jabari Smith uh, out of Auburn is definitely somebody who is in that conversation no question about it he's had a very good year Orlando needs help um, they they've done pretty well in the draft I, I'll say the last few years but I do think that they need a big splash here if they can get it it you know again whether uh, they get Jabari Smith or Jaden Ivey, those are probably the two most likely picks at the moment. Um, some people have Chet Holmgren going number one, the big man, seven-footer out of Gonzaga as well. Others have Paolo Bancaro, the Duke freshman, power forward uh, going in the top spot. And like I said earlier, others have Jaden Ivey going there as well. So uh, I'm looking at the BR mock draft along with a few others as well. Uh, I'm just going to say this right now. I think if you're looking at a number one pick, who's going number one, I think there's four options. I think I just named you uh, <laughs> those four. The only outside person for this, I think, is the Arizona combo uh, combo guard uh, Benedict Matherin I think he's the only other guy I could see you know potentially getting the top spot but I I mean and he's 6'7 you know he could play shooting guard can play as a wing I, I just don't think he'll get the top spot I mean some people have him going fifth in this draft others have him a little bit higher I don't see him going number one um, I mean some people even have Keegan Murray out of Iowa going higher than him but I think Matherin makes a little bit more sense if you're going to go all in on somebody. And and Keegan Murray had a great Big Ten tournament, but Iowa obviously flopped in the NCAA tournament, getting upset by the A-10 champion Richmond Spiders in a pretty big upset. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what I see at the moment. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Chet Holmgren were, was the number one pick, especially... Um, considering the fact that he could make a pretty deep run still in this NCAA tournament. I think he's still a work in progress, especially on the offensive end of the floor. There's times where he's he looks a little one-dimensional and relies a little too much on that size. However, he dealt with a very athletic Memphis team in the second round, and him along with uh, Drew Timmy, who's likely going to be pretty high in this draft, as well they handled them very well i thought especially in the second half of that game and gained control of that game so there'll be two guys to watch i don't know where drew timmy would go in this draft however he could be a pretty high pick he's a very versatile big defensively will be where it's going to be interesting but for right now i i wouldn't be shocked at all if drew timmy was in that first round pick conversation uh br has the knicks in eighth in the eighth spot uh shade on sharp the kentucky freshman the shooting guard 
is who Bleacher Report has the Knicks taking. I think there are better options out there, frankly, for the Knicks uh, to look at. By the way, I mean, somebody in that area that the Knicks could potentially get is Johnny Davis. He could fall in this draft, the Wisconsin shooting guard. However, I like Kansas uh, senior shooting guard Ochai Abaji. I like him quite a bit. I think if you're looking in the shooting guard direction, and frankly, there's a lot more shooting guards in this area than point guards, I must say. Um, I do think that Ochai Abaji is a really nice fit for this Knicks team. The Knicks need offense. The Knicks need scoring. Knicks need players who can handle the basketball. And I think that Ochai Abaji would be a really nice pick here. Johnny Davis, uh, I think, is a good prospect. I just, I've worried about him over the last few weeks because he has struggled mightily for Wisconsin. Of course, the Badgers are now out. They were upset by, I believe, Iowa State in the second round of the NCAA tournament, despite being in uh, Milwaukee. They had home court, basically, for the first two rounds. They struggled with Colgate in the first round. They survived, and then Iowa State, out of the Big 12, knocked them out. So the big reason why is that Johnny Davis really struggled towards the end of the season, and Wisconsin ended up paying the price for that. He's their best player. He uh, he sort of dwindled. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good NBA player. Let's be very clear about that but uh i'd be a little hesitant a little hesitant a lot of people have san antonio taking johnny davis either uh again the the spots are all over the place with some of these drafts some have teams picking at different spots but most have the the spurs at seven others have them at eight regardless a lot of people think that johnny davis could be the pick at that spot um again the knicks I've, i've already seen multiple mock drafts some have the knicks at eight some have them at ten uh, I could see the Knicks taking a Keegan Murray, you know, a power forward that that just has so much ability. And frankly, the Knicks could get younger in the, in the front court. You know, Taj Gibson would be somebody at some point you got to move on from. I know there's a big bromance there between him and Tibbs, but I, I really think you could make it a better front court than what the Knicks currently have. And frankly, Nerlens Noel has not been available. So I, I could see it. Because of the fact that other than Jaden Ivey, there's a huge drop-off at the potential point guard position. I, I mean, Blake Wesley, the combo guard out of Notre Dame, is a freshman who has not really been good this season. If you're looking at as far as him being an NBA prospect, I, I know some people have him in the top 15 of their mock drafts, but I, I don't know if he would be somebody the Knicks would look to. I don't know. I, I don't know how well he would really fit. I think you also look at a Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky. I don't know if the Knicks, I think the Knicks would be reaching a little bit if they were to take him in the top 10 in this draft. He feels like a mid to late first round prospect to me. And then there's a big drop off even after that. I mean, Kennedy Chandler for Tennessee, they've had a phenomenal year, but I, I don't see him being the guy. And then Dyson Daniels is a G League prospect, a combo guard at 6'6", that can play point guard or shooting guard. But again, a lot of people have him as a late to you know early second round pick. I should say early first, late second. So those are all guys that I just don't know if it's worth taking. The Knicks will be at 8 or 10 around that area most likely in the draft. Knicks have the 40th pick as well. I mean, this is where you can get a little spicy in the second round. I mean, Oscar Shibway could be in the mix, the the 
big man out of Kentucky, can play the four and can play a little bit of the five. He's a big body down low, no question about it. Um, Ibu Dianko Baji out of Senegal. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Some people have the Knicks taking him, Senegalese center. Um, I, I don't know much about him. He's listed at 7-1-240. I'm not sure if he'd be a bit of, it sounds like, I mean, you never know, but it, it seems like he could be a bit of a project. You know, if he's a second round look, I don't know if the Knicks will be looking to do that. Just a few other options. I mean, there's a local product out of St. John's, Julian Champagny, really good scorer, good rebounder. Not so sure about his acumen yet on the defensive end of the floor. He's a junior, played for Mike Anderson on some honestly mediocre St. John's teams. They didn't really blow your socks off. They played a very fast pressuring tempo, but never really you know lived up to the expectations set upon them by the conference and the program. One of one sleeper here as far as a shooting guard, Miami's Cameron McGusty, who's had a really good NCAA tournament. He's bounced around quite a bit in his college career. I mean, I remember him when he played for Lon Kruger at Oklahoma, and Lon Kruger obviously no longer the coach at Oklahoma. I believe he retired, and now it's uh Porter Moser, who was the former Loyola Chicago coach that got the the Ramblers to the Sweet 16 and most notably the Final Four uh, a little while back. So Cameron Mugusti is a good prospect. He's a, he's a veteran guy. If the Knicks don't get the shooting guard they'd like to get or the guard they like to get, I should say, with that top 10 selection, I think Cameron Mugusti makes some sense in the second round. And then after that, again, it, it's quite a bit of a drop-off. I mean, one flyer... That, that would be an interesting one for me is the senior out of Iowa State, who's still in the tournament, uh, if memory serves. Isaiah Brockington has had a really good year for the Cyclones. Another combo guard can fill it up as a shooting guard, but can run the floor as well. I, I think he would be somebody the Knicks could definitely look at and be interested in. No question about it. I, I do want to mention um, one other front court prospect in the first round i don't think he would be anywhere near the knicks range i mean we've seen crazier things in the draft being at one year anthony bennett was the number one pick i mean truth is stranger than fiction however i just don't see the knicks dipping this far but many people are looking at a guy like a trace jackson davis the power forward out of indiana who had a really strong senior campaign i'm uh, sorry pardon me junior campaign uh with mike woodson former knicks head coach who's now the head coach at indiana and a former obviously hoosier player and trace jackson davis can do so many good things on the offensive end of the floor again it'll just be him you know getting on defensively what is that going to look like in a tibbs run system but again i mean some people have him going to brooklyn memphis miami you know golden state around that 25 to 28 range so we'll have to see but at the moment trace jackson davis would actually be a pretty good option i would argue in this draft um around where the knicks pick you're just looking at talent wise i know again i talked about the knicks getting a little younger in the front court jalen duran 
the Memphis uh, big. He's a center freshman. He could be an option if that's where the Knicks decide to go. Uh, I mentioned Mathurin earlier, though I don't think the Knicks will get him. A few others, um, you know, again, I, I would love, you know, maybe an Ochai Abaji, but again, Kendall Brown, Baylor small forward would be an option. Um, Jeremy Suchan, another Baylor pro- uh, product, power forward. Uh, Walker Kessler, the Auburn center, he's just a sophomore, but his stock is rising quite a bit as well. As, by the way, number of Duke products to look at. Mark Williams, the sophomore center, uh, again, Coach K's last year, so he'll be losing quite. Uh, John Shire's gonna be losing quite a few guys. He's got a good recruiting class coming in when he takes over. AJ Griffin, the uh, small forward slash power forward, another freshman on this Duke team that's made the Sweet 16. So, a lot of options. There really are quite a few that could be interesting as well. I think even Trevor Keels, uh, the Duke Duke freshman uh, wing player, is getting some some late first round action as well. And I honestly, I, I think Oscar Sheboy would be a steal in the second round. He's somebody that could be very, very good. N- another Duke guy for the second round, Wendell Moore Jr. Uh, you know, fittingly enough, he is a junior finishing up. I, I think he's going to, he, he'll, I think he'll probably leave. And if he does, he'll be probably around where the Knicks could potentially pick. So that would be, an interesting one. Bleacher Report, I believe, has the Knicks taking Justin Lewis with the 40th pick. He is a redshirt freshman from Marquette, can play the small forward or the power forward positions. He's, for me, somebody that's watched and covered the Big East, um, you know, out of college and, and years after college as well. You know, I follow, I still follow that conference very closely, and, and, and it's also part of my job as well but i would say that justin lewis feels like a year away from being really good he had some really good moments at times this season especially like early conference play like he was playing really well for shaka smart and then something just happened at the end of the season i don't know what it was but i felt like from like the end of january through when they got blown out by Carolina in the NCAA tournament, not only Justin Lewis, that whole Marquette team kind of fell apart towards the end of the season. And they were lucky. They, they stockpiled some good wins early on, and they were able to kind of ride their, their, their early parts of the season into the tournament, but, but it showed. They, they really struggled down the stretch. So we'll see. I feel like next year, if he stayed another year and got better at Marquette, he would be somebody that I think would be very, very interesting. By the way, it's worth mentioning a number of teams have forfeited draft picks, um, which is just kind of crazy to me. I feel like if you can do it, just take somebody. But apparently Milwaukee, this is according to Bleacher Report, the Bucks at 53, the Heat via the Sixers at 54 uh, have forfeited um those two picks so again i don't know what's going to happen there by the way uh bleach report also has trace jackson davis as a second round pick so he could be in the next range maybe in the second round again other mock drafts have that uh, have um you know somebody like a trace jackson davis at the end of the first round so it could be all over the place um just looking through i'm trying to get you a few more here because we do have to take a break 
but I do want to end the segment at least with one or two other options here. Um, you know, I'll throw I'll throw this name out: Mike Miles, a point guard out of TCU. I didn't play great all year. Had 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 a decent showing uh, in the conference tournament in the Big Twelve. Played well in the NCAA tournament until TCU got knocked out uh, by Arizona in San Diego, but. Mike Miles could be a bit of a, you know, an outlier guy that maybe people stay away from in the second round, but could be a pickup for the Knicks that, you know, is a bit of a, sne- a sneaky one. But again, you have Deuce McBride, you have Quentin Grimes. You don't necessarily need to do that. I think if the Knicks are going to take a point guard in this draft, you're probably going to go for a Jaden Ivey or you're going to go for a shooting guard if you're talking guards in general. So, I again, I don't know if the Knicks would... I think it's more likely the Knicks will go out and get a point guard via a trade or in free agency than in, than actually drafting one this year because I, I think they feel like Deuce McBride is coming along really well and that Quentin Grimes is really doing nicely. So and you have and you have quickly on top of that. So I think if the Knicks go for it, I think they'll go for it in free agency and and or via a trade. So. I think it's more likely the Knicks take a shooting guard in the first round, maybe even get a little younger in the front court. I I would prefer a shooting guard. I think Ochai Abaji would be a phenomenal selection for the Knicks. It makes a lot of sense. Johnny Davis, I I think, would be a decent one, too. I I think he makes uh, the Knicks better. I I really do. You have to trade up quite a bit to be in the range to get Jaden Ivey who's, I think, the best player in this draft uh, out of Purdue. You'll, you can see him this weekend play in the NCAA tournament. If you don't believe me, uh, or if you haven't heard of the hype, um, Jaden Ivey out of Purdue, I think, is the best player in this draft. And I seriously think that if the Knicks can, you would consider doing it. But I think he's just, he's probably going to be a top two or three pick. I just don't see him... Um, being any lower than that and honestly whether it's orlando houston whoever has the first pick and again the lottery will fully uh decide all of that i should have made that very clear earlier but no matter who gets the first pick in the lottery and the knicks could get lucky but i i doubt it um jade nivey's probably going to be the first pick if not it's probably going to be jabari smith or paolo bancaro and then the only other, I think the, the only other legitimate choice to be a number one pick in this draft is Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. So it's going to be one of those four guys. I think it's probably going to be Jaden Ivey. I think he's just too good to pass up. And I think it's 6-4 in today's NBA as a point guard. He could just be tremendous and just super aggressive, super athletic, good shooter, um, pretty solid passer as well. I think at times he's been accused of you know, trying to get ready for the draft in some games this year, but he's looked very good in the NCAA tournament in the two games that Purdue has won over Yale and Texas. So we'll see. You know, I think Purdue's playing St. Peter's in the round of 16. So if Purdue wins, you'll get to see a little bit more of Jaden Ivey. If Cinderella advances, we'll wait and see what he what he decides to do when it comes to the draft. I think that's a good place to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more Knicks offseason, and we'll talk about the Lakers, those poor old L.A. Lakers and their chances at making a run in the postseason. All that and more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. 
Second half of the show, we'll go Knicks first, then we'll dive in to Tinseltown and the LA Lakers and how much they are holding on for dear life right now for an NBA play-in spot. All right. The Knicks offseason, again, we just talked a ton of drafts, so any questions, any thoughts, uh, hit me up at SJ7 on Twitter is the best place to go. So hit me up there or postingandtoasting.com in the comments section under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo. Those are the best places to reach me. So here's where I'm at as far as the Knicks offseason a lot of people are writing articles about what the knicks should do already um a lot of people are speculating about what the knicks are going to do already and the reason for that is because despite a good week you know, the knicks beat the wizards by 10 sorry, excuse me by three at the garden despite you know the chris tabas porzingis wizard return uh, the Knicks got ahead of the Wizards with that victory. However, the Knicks needed to continue to win. Uh, they did not do that as they lost to Utah at home. Donovan Mitchell went off for 36, and the Knicks lost 108-93 to to one of the best teams in the league. And then Trey Young came in, had 45 points at the Garden the other night, and the Knicks lost to the Hawks, 117-111. to and that was the big one. The Knicks really needed to win that game. They didn't. However, uh, if you're still believing, Knicks are running out of games here, but the Knicks did go to, to Charlotte and they beat the Hornets 121 to 106. I mean, RJ Barrett has been phenomenal these last few games, multiple 30 point games. He's been tremendous, been efficient on the offensive end of the floor and at the free throw line. And the Knicks, you know, after they lost a game they they needed to have, they get a game that they needed to have. It's been the story of the season, even when the Knicks have been good. Problem for the Knicks, of course, is that this should have happened a little bit sooner because they're running out of time to legitimately get back into this race. And uh, I, I double-checked again earlier today. The Knicks, I think, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but they, I think they have nine games left, and... The good news is, is that, you know, you are playing Charlotte, you know, a team you have to beat. You're playing Washington, a team you have to beat, you know, and you you got a game against Detroit on the schedule coming up on Sunday. That's a winnable game. But the bad news is, is in those nine games, the Knicks have to make up five games. And I just don't think that that is going to happen. I or they'd have to make up six on on the Hornets so I it's it's not going to happen it's only a matter of time uh until the Knicks are confirmed to miss the play-in and confirmed to have a you know a worse season than they did a year ago and this is going to be the talking point now for the rest of this season and going forward into the offseason what are the Knicks going to do obviously um, one of the talking points is RJ Barrett's future. Will the Knicks give him a second contract or an extension to his contract? Um, what will the Knicks do with Julius Randle? You know, will they be able to get somebody on the floor that can take some of the pressure off of Julius Randle? You know, I mean, that is going to be, and obviously Julius Randle <laughs> 
requested a trade informally earlier this offseason. So will the Knicks ignore that? What will they end up doing? Knicks have to do things in the draft. How will the lottery impact that? We talked a little bit about that earlier this season, you know. Um, and, you know, what are the Knicks going to do at point guard? I, I think it was, uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong here, I think it was Tommy Beer who listed the Knicks opening night starting point guards since 2009 through 2020 and it got referenced on a Fox Sports article this was actually from 2021 when he tweeted it out but it's pretty pretty clear uh that the Knicks have not been very good since 2009 to 2020 this is what the tweet has this has been the Knicks starting point guards for every opening night 09 it was Chris Duhon Raymond Felton in 2010, Tony Douglas, yikes, in 2011, Raymond Felton again in 2012, Pablo Prigioni, the legend, in 2013, oh my gosh, former Miami standout, Shane Larkin in 2014, Jose Calderon in 2015, Derek Rose in 2016, before he kind of figured it out, uh, 2017, Ramon Sessions. Oh, that might be the worst one on the list. 2018, Trey Burke, Michigan product. Alonzo Trier, the Arizona star in 2019. And everyone's favorite, 2020, Alfred Payton. So it's been a lot of bad at the point guard position. Um, For those that forget, Going back to the beginning of this year, obviously, we can complete that list as it was Kemba Walker, who was the starting point guard on opening night. And now, actually, hold on. I'm guessing... Now, I'm thinking... I'm actually thinking... I'm going to confirm that because, actually... It, I'm trying to think if they mean starting at the garden, like a home... No, it's not a home opener. It's not home. It's not home opener. It's the first game of the season. So let me double check. We can fill that in very quickly here. Who the Knicks' starting point guard was when they beat the Celtics on opening night? That crazy double overtime game, and it was. So I was right. It was Kemba Walker played 36 minutes in that game. So add Kemba Walker to that list so it is what it is um just a you know a crazy crazy list and not a lot of guys on there with much success if any i think raymond felton probably had the most success out of anybody we listed there so again Knicks are five games back of atlanta six back of charlotte despite beating charlotte the other night and that's why we're talking about this so this is what it comes down to, right? As far as off-season Knicks priorities, I, I, n- n- pardon me. Now that I've mapped that out, right? Even though I poorly transitioned there. Now that I've mapped that out, here are my thoughts. So I think number one, RJ Barrett's the cornerstone of this team. Unless you are trading for a Damian Lillard type player or Damian Lillard himself, a superstar, you keep RJ Barrett. He is the future of this franchise. He has shown that over the last few months. He's getting better. You know, he's feeling confident, which is great to see. 
The Julius Randle situation is a lot trickier because I don't know what you can get right now for Julius Randle. This was a conversation I remember at the end of last season. Multiple people sent in questions to me asking if now was the time to trade Julius Randle when he was an all-star and get rid of him during the offseason. He's still a very good player, you know, and he's built a reputation with the Knicks that he can be a guy that gets you 25 to 30 points a night. I don't know what the Knicks can get for that. I really don't. But I think unless you can get a point guard that can take some of the pressure off of Julius Randle, and that means it has to be a star point guard that can score the ball and find Julius Randle to make things happen, I think you may have to consider trading Julius Randle. I I think it is something that needs to be done because he is not going to be an important part of this team in a successful manner unless pressure is taken off of him. Unless he has another star on it on his team. It just has to be. Because of the position he plays, because of the way the NBA is going, you need a bona fide, legitimate stud at the point guard position. And as we've just mapped out, the Knicks haven't had that for a very long time. So I am very apprehensive because I don't know if the Knicks are going to prioritize that. They haven't for three drafts, and they haven't for three off-seasons. And even when it looked like they were going to make a splash by getting a guy like Kemba Walker, Kemba couldn't overcome his injuries. They brought in Derrick Rose. But as great as Derrick Rose has been, Derrick Rose is older, and he's once again, as expected, become an injury liability. And even if they weren't, injury liabilities the Knicks still need to get younger and more talented at the point guard position this has not changed in a generation of Knicks basketball and it sure as heck hasn't changed since we started doing this show in July of 2019 so this is where I stand if you can solve that if you can solve that problem at that position you might want to keep Julius Randle around because he can be very helpful down low. But if you can't, or if you need Julius Randle to make a move for a point guard, it would be hard not to go forward with that, in my opinion. Now, another guy, I mean, Alec Burks was reportedly being shopped around at the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks moved on from him. I really wouldn't be. He's kind of run his course a little bit in New York, in my opinion. But again, it depends on some of the other moves the Knicks decide to make and what they feel like they can get for certain players. Or uh, as far as free agencies, free agent players, what they think is doable out on the market. For me, I, I think you look at Evan Fournier, who, by the way, just set the single season Knicks three-point makes record so congratulations to him i think he passed uh john starks for that record so that was in the charlotte game i believe so congratulations to evan i think i think it's been a good season overall for evan fournier it just hasn't clicked as a team and those issues go a lot deeper than evan fournier in my opinion 
again, if you can solve that point guard position, Evan Fournier would really flourish with another stud guard next to him. So the point guard position is paramount. It really is. And and it's clear unless the Knicks get very lucky in the lottery or trade up in the draft, they're not going to get the best player in this draft in Jaden Ivey, who could potentially help solve that position. So it's going to come down to whether the Knicks go all in and make a trade or if they try to do something again in free agency. But again, it, it didn't work with Kemba. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're looking at as possible options. Nothing's really come out, frankly, on that front. So it's going to be very intriguing to kind of see where the Knicks end up. But if recent history is any indication, unless it is, you know, the greatest deal ever proposed to a Knicks executive, I don't know if they're going to if they're going to do it, the Knicks really, really want a perfect deal with some of this stuff. And I just don't think they're going to get it. You got to give to get in this league. And it's going to be really intriguing to see what the Knicks decide to do in the weeks and months ahead. But until then, all we will do is break as much of it down for you as possible. Any news that comes out, obviously we will break it down. Knicks are still mathematically alive. They're going to need a heck of a run if they're going to pull this off and get into the 10 spot and pip either Atlanta or Charlotte. We'll follow it all as the season comes to a close. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much, wherever you are, as always, for listening to the show. Stay safe out there, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.